0: Esther, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to a very special episode of the Authenticity Hour. Episode three, I'll have you know now. We're getting along. The catalog's building at the moment, Uh which is great. Um, Esther is a recent 2021 grad from Southampton University. Economics, I might add. Um, A soon-to-be founder of Novalee and my better half so yeah. thank you for coming on the show it's been great to be to already set things course, up and have this on the show it's been great excited to be here excited to be here yeah yeah, yeah. bogus down in response <laughs> uh, <laughs> so basically we're gonna be talking about a whole bunch of stuff but i think we want to touch on stuff that's really relevant to to what's going on at the moment yeah and you just graduated the year 2021 yeah most chaotic year to graduate uni no. ever so i thought we'd start on that first really i mean feel free to tell the people a little bit about yourselves if you want to but if not then we can jump straight in um yeah go on who, who are you let's start there because I, um, I forgot to do intros in the first two episodes oh okay every time I look well, this back is at the it the
1: first episode you said that I should do the tell us about yourself yeah, question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so
0: drop you right <laughs> in it
1: okay um well as you said I'm a recent graduate from the University of Southampton Dissert. economics um I guess So far, I'm working at Starling Bank. Yeah, on the cutting edge of fintech. Love it. That's really exciting. And looking to start my own business soon.
0: Yeah, the business plan is looking chunky. It's looking good. Potential investors keep an eye out. (laughs) Seriously. Um, And I love the concept you're working on, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. Let's talk uni and COVID. So... What was it actually like having to transition from physical campus? You know, you've got this Cali lifestyle going on with people playing hacky sack in the, in the park. <laughs> this is just how I imagine South African University. Never been. Uh, <laughs> what was it like transitioning from actual uni to digital uni?
1: Well... When you're a student and when you're like when you're allowed to go onto campus and go to lectures, you can go to whichever ones you want to go to. So for the most part, for that, especially at the beginning, it wasn't that much different because it was just the same as oh, I'm just going to skip this lecture and watch it online anyway. So at the beginning, it was like oh my god, yay, we get to stay home, watch it from home, and all that, and that was really enjoyable until you didn't get to see anyone and you didn't get to go to the library with your friends and have a chat. And yeah, it was fun at the beginning, but then it just got lonelier and lonelier as time went on. And of course, you could talk to your mates on um, online, or on your phone, not which is not the same as nah. staying off the two AM in the library.
0: Nah, yeah. it's not.
1: Um, and vibes. then COVID being, COVID came literally halfway through my uni career. As in, like halfway through second year, I had a year and a half of like in person Mm. and then a year and a half out and i feel lucky that i got that That you got the first half yeah so the current students haven't had that like at all they've missed their entire first year which i think is the best year of uni Mm. and have just had to do it completely online and i can't imagine moving to a new city and just not ever seeing anyone and just staying in your tiny box of a dorm room or accommodation (coughs) um so yeah i said like i'm lucky in that part but it wasn't great either way um the exams being what they were made it i guess a little bit easier to cope with
0: yeah how did they change because like you had these almost like timed assignments instead which is quite interesting we had
1: 24 hour exams instead so if you think that like oh yeah i get to revise and then in two hours the exam's over that's not the case it would be i have an entire day plus like overnight to do this exam and it, you feel like you can't get to sleep because you have to keep checking. And it's just, I felt like it was so much more pressure. It was so so much harder. And the internet and books being there didn't help because the lecturers knew that. So they just made the exam 10 times harder.
0: Gandy. And then you
1: had 24 hours to stress about it and worry about it and just check your work over and over again.
0: So you, th- you think it'd be easier, but they just no. decided to put it on hard mode just, yeah. to, just to mess you over. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Love that. yeah. And I saw you doing many of those assignments and I was like, well, sounds better than an actual exam but you know it depends on if you're exam inclined or not yeah there are some people that really don't give a damn and some people that it's the worst things ever happened to them in their life me so it's just it's how you're built i think but you were doing economics anyway so everyone's probably easy easy exam been there done that what What well do you guys not love exams you guys are super smart
1: no, no one likes exams. <laughs> um, I would say that we are probably easier, we find exams easier than coursework just cause coursework is that much harder cause they know that it's coursework mm. and we don't really have essays to write or anything, but that just makes it that much harder because with an essay you can at least sort of waffle a little bit. Yeah. With economics, how it's so maths based. If you don't know the answer, you don't know the answer mm. and the entire thing's gone, mm. um, which I feel like makes it a little bit harder.
0: Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it's been so long since I've done an actual exam yeah. that I couldn't say otherwise. Move, move the mic a little bit closer to you. I'm um, quite
1: excited, though, that um, I'm, I'm never going to have to do an exam again. Happy like, it's days.
0: Done, dastards. Yeah, I mean, like now that you're, it's, it's such a strange feeling, a bit loud okay. into the wild after all into of that. The
1: abyss. Yeah, and
0: <laughs> you, you are very much dropped in it, but how do you think that that COVID style experience, or even uni in general, how do you think it's impacted you now, especially a, a kind of moving into like careers and stuff? Um, where do you think you, you sit?
1: Um, I think we have a little bit more. I would like to say that we have a little bit more like edge against other people who didn't graduate in this time period Mm. just because we had to adapt so quickly to like to different remote learning and flexible learning Mm. um i mean i guess everybody else had to do it as well but we had to do it in a time when it's just we've had to end up being let out into the wild where we've now got a recession pretty much (laughs) employment is difficult to come by yes um if you don't have like um, any sort of experience under your belt or spring weeks or internships, mm. it's very difficult to get a job. Yeah. And I was lucky to get my job at Starling during my second year. Yeah. So I've say, I could say that I've got a year and a half working at the, working at a bank, but a lot of my friends didn't get any internships or anything because of COVID. Yeah. So now they've had to go into um, the job market with nothing but a somewhat, maybe they might graduate from uni because we don't know our grades either. Yeah, um, And just like, I, I'm good at stuff. I promise and they do not have the experience to show that. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel really sorry and really difficult for those people because I know yeah. that it's really difficult out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, especially when it comes to marketing and talking to marketing graduates and advertising graduates all, all over the, the, the hoops you have to jump through in the creative industries, at least to actually get anywhere. Um, it, sometimes is just downright annoying. So, what I used to do is first, of all, we used to have a presentation prepared, for, even for a first interview. Mm. So when they ask you the question, "Hey, you know, what, what? Tell me about yourself," and they just drop you in it, we go. Actually, I prepared a little something for that, if mm. you don't mind. And then you just back out your laptop and then you go through your experience, but weave a narrative around it. So that's that's number one that I had to do. Oh,
1: you would have
0: been the first, and I hated at interviews. Yeah, because you wouldn't have won. Laptop, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you wouldn't have won. Eight interviews, one of them all. <clears throat> so, yeah. <laughs> So there's that, but even to get the job, like I used to, I used to basically do ABM marketing. So account-based marketing, and I used to pick my top 10 agencies I wanted to work at. And I printed off my CV cover letter and got my little bitmoji, and I stuck it on the front of a golden envelope and I was then I sent out to every single agency so cute. Yeah. and I was like here's your golden ticket uh, at least half of them got back to me but there's people have been done there's so much crazier stuff to get into agencies so people design full-on custom boxes to send to agencies oh especially gosh. if they're creative some guy no. tied his cv to a chicken and opened the door to the agency and let it in. Obviously, he didn't get the job, but oh. he was definitely memorable. <laughs> uh, some people no. were painting themselves entirely in gold and stood out on the street and mimic the, I think it was McCann, oh, okay. that, that was a really good one. And they have, I think it's called the Brave Girl statue in Bristol. Yeah. And that was, I think it was Bristol or somewhere, but that was really impressive.
1: Now in first year, we had lots of employability classes where we would, um, we have to go to these classes and they'd tell us like how to form your CV to get an amazing job as an investment banker in like JP Morgan or something. Yeah, it was such probably...
0: a different way to get in, yeah. right?
1: We were told so many times, like your CV can't be more than one page. You can't add any color to it. Don't add your picture in it. Don't like, it was meant to be, it was very structured. They gave us a, t- a template of what to do. and Everything was like in grids using like the standard, like. T- Size 12 um, mm. size, standard font, that was it. And anything else was just like, no. They I find wouldn't that even look so, so
0: bizarre because yeah. that's making you all the same. The same. Uh, but I do understand it because there are like HR systems that scan CVs. So they won't be able to read pdf ones for instance mm. so then you mess yourself up in that regard but that that's the only reason i could think of to make you all the same because uh, otherwise because you're all doing the same course yeah, so it's basically whoever's done the most internships or gets the best grades wins yeah that's and, exactly
1: what happens and then when i met you and i saw your cv and i thought how have you ever got a job because i know that i would be rejected straight away yeah. for putting like a bitmoji on my cv
0: yeah well I've I've had multiple people tell me it's the best cv they've ever seen so yeah. you know if you're looking yeah. for tips y'all it works for you yeah but this is just the industry I mean yeah and yeah, like if you can't sell yourself you can't sell anything mm. so that that's the, the general marketing principle I work on I think it's also like a mindset thing like he, my dad probably taught me it. it's one of the best lessons I ever got from him it was treat yourself like a business of one and when you start thinking about it that way, that's when I started putting together the presentation and it was basically a proposal or a pitch about yeah, me. Yeah, And I used to go on these campaigns where, like if anyone looks at my LinkedIn, it's always cool job, cool job, cool job, but it's only about six months per because it yeah. was like, I never felt right because I was, all I wanted to do was get the job and say yeah. I'd won it. I didn't actually want to do it. <laughs> I just wanted to say I'd done it. So it was just a case of, always felt quite empty afterwards and then i realized that most of the time i was i was actually treating jobs like winning clients anyway mm. so i was better off in the freelance realm Fair. and it's, it's been no success after which is great but yeah and once you start thinking of yourself in that way then it does change the game i think it's a mindset that school gives you or even the first workplace gives you i guess because you mentioned a really good point the other day about how school you work for yourself
1: yeah, when you're at school, you every single thing that you do, all the work that you do is pretty much working for yourself, for your own personal gain. Mm-hmm. So you go to school to you learn whatever, but then everything you do um, there on after is for your success. And then as soon as you move on from school or you graduate from university, you start working for somebody else, and everything to do with you kind of dies down and is diminished into all about the company, and you put all this work into the company that will replace you in an instant if you're gone. Um, which is why I never really liked working in um, big corporations. I mean, Starling is very different in that they do care about each individual employee. Mm. But in the same way, I would rather continue that sort of um, path line of working for yourself and doing everything for your success rather than selling your time and your life pretty much to these large corporations that don't care about you.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it's a, Some people do have this inbuilt like job loyalty. Yeah. Um, which can be good. Less if in small teams, loyalty is really important because if you're all aligned with the vision, then great. But then, if you have loyalty to a big company that doesn't even know your name, like that's that for me is a strange a concept. Yeah, it's just really strange. And some people can't tear away because they feel, feel like they're letting people down. Mm. Whereas like, if you died, they would replace you tomorrow. If
1: I'm wrong though, but I feel like in our generation, that's just like Gen Z and maybe like the younger millennials, mm. most people tend to not stay in a job longer than two years because if you move from job to job or if you move, stay in a job for like a year or two and then move your salary increases you're more working and looking out for yourself which yeah. means that you're in a better position rather than being loyal to this company who gives you a two percent raise every single year to match inflation not because they actually care about what yeah. you're earning
0: yeah you have to move diagonally yeah like diagonally upward and there's no point staying loyal to, to one company if they're not going to um push for your progression. Yeah. That's why I say smaller teams are nicer. Because small to medium teams actually have yeah, time to matter. uh well, as long as they're managed correctly, have mm-hmm. have the time to actually give a give a good gad name. That that's saw, normally the way to go.
1: I saw a TikTok.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All great conversation stuff <laughs> by hey it i saw a like, TikTok, right?
1: <laughs> you're not paid how hard you work, you're paid by how difficult you are to replace. Mm. So in a large corporation, you're very easy to replace because lots of people want to work for JP Morgan, HSBC and Barclays, but in a small team, it's much more difficult to replace. So you're probably paid better and treated better, which is why I enjoy working in a smaller community that everybody's friendly, everybody knows each other, Mm. and you're pretty much more like a family, I think. Yeah,
0: (laughs) and it's sometimes quite a cringe sentiment when big businesses go, we're a family here, (laughs) and then they have no idea who you are. Um, But you know, I think that leads nicely on to a point, which is like, I think one thing I've struggled with since um, being in the working world, in the adult world, is where the hell do you meet people? Because uh, I'm, I'll am i confess, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Mm. So how the hell do you make friends anymore? Like I in school or in college or in uni, it just kind of happened. Whereas you're now.
1: It's like five hours a day.
0: Yeah. Whereas um, I'm here all the yeah. time. Like, and. When you're in places like this, you've got your work hat on and there's an acquaintance barrier. But you, yeah, can make you really can't make really good friends with someone you
1: can't be vulnerable with these people because you do work with them yeah i remember in first year when you first get to um uni you're encouraged to meet as many people as possible to be friends with your flatmates to talk to whoever is on the bus whoever's at whatever uni events there are so you in the first sort of week of first year in freshers week mm. you meet hundreds of people and they all know you by name and you know them by name and every time you go out you're you're always saying hi to someone like oh my god hi you, you kind of just know everyone at uni and it's so fun to begin with
0: that's bizarre is it oh I well yeah I I had a completely different uni experience because oh, okay. I lived in Southampton and I went to Solon Uni which does which has a very disconnected campus oh. so there's no like central point for people to meet like the red bricks for instance oh, at okay. Southampton it's, yeah so for me it's like I went to class and I went home like I came here for the piece well, of paper I didn't events. come here to make friends oh. <laughs> so I <laughs> that was a bit of a, a me <laughs> in me back there yeah, but I'm I ain't pissing about events. No.
1: Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just I'm just a weirdo like that. I was I, I was a workaholic since day one. But yeah, you, you, I suppose for me this- it was
1: like really exciting in first year because you got to, you meet so, you met so many people. Your friends was pretty much everyone that you came across. Everyone in your class you knew, mm. right? Um, and then after uni it's everybody goes their separate ways and you keep in contact with your closest people closest friends Mm. then they all move out to different places as well for work yeah and then by the time you've got a job and it's six months out of uni you maybe text them but then people you know with people from work who again you can't really be that close to because of like professionalism Mm -hmm. which hopefully should die soon
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> this podcast is single-handedly team. trying to kill professionalism yes. by the way looking at you linkedin uh, <laughs> uh but yeah i completely get what you mean yeah and it's like also another thing that shoots me in the foot is i'm not a big drinker i don't drink at all mm. so the thought of going out to a, a pub or a bar or a club god forbid is just like this is, i'd yeah, rather not no um but sometimes i just think i'm too boring
1: no it's not even that it's just the drinking culture is so heavy that if you're not a big drinker you don't have any friends <laughs> and it's really sad to say so and that shouldn't be the case
0: yeah
1: but yeah
0: yeah they'll sandwich you for a drinker or a smoker yeah and if you need the I guess you're nobody know i see you at the book club yeah trust <laughs> me you're either out out in the smoking area you're at the pub after work or something like that but those are the places you tend to meet people but I think it's just my lack of I think everyone's had a lack of going outside yeah uh, <laughs> and it's much better now and hopefully next month Boris will let us out freely and everyone have their jabs and everything so you know fingers crossed but fingers
1: crossed um, you've worked in corporate yeah what is it like in like sort of the corporate setting, when everyone's like, "Oh, we're going out to a bar or something after work," like what happens there? Just because I haven't really had that experience just yet, and I wouldn't—I know that I'd be nervous to drink around people from
0: work. Mm. It depends on the setting you're in. Yeah. So, for instance, when I was actually in corporate in in a big company that shall not be named, uh, we didn't actually do go out for any socials because I think no. there was a big age gap between the people I worked with and me so there was like no connection there okay. because we couldn't relate on any level uh, and i think you'd have to have fully organized socials to go out and have a drink after um it might have just been the team section i was in but okay. it's just just the way it played out but in an agency setting when i worked in london for instance that had a really good vibe and the people you work with you just got on with during the day mm. so when you're having a bit of a laugh at work you go mate hey, we got i'll go for a drink after, and then especially in London, there's a lot like because there's pubs on every bloody corner. You can literally wrong. just like walk downstairs and then have a like a just even if it's a quiet one after work, mm. and then head home. But because when I worked in London, I was living in Southampton, so I really that was that commute was it was hell. Uh, so yeah, but it is nice. You just have to find the right team, yeah. and it just kind of happens naturally. But again, it only ever happens in the work sense unless you make a really good work friend who's like close to you?
1: And I feel like it's probably a little bit difficult to make those friends, but yeah, and once I feel like do, it's probably more yeah bearable.
0: I- And I feel like sometimes I think our visions of friendship is a bit warped because of shows like How I Met Your Mother, Friends, New Girl. Like, there's so many shows filled with amazing best friends all the time. You're like, I don't have no best friends. (laughs) I don't Uh, even
1: have one. Yeah. Six.
0: (laughs) And and they all live across from each other, and it's like so perfect and idyllic. It makes no sense whatsoever. That's Um, true. But yeah, I mean, like I've had friends that I've known since infant school because mm. we've lived, always lived in Southampton. Uh, and that stays as a constant friendship. But when I think about where where I'm going, I'm like, I am really should like make Try other make friends sense. as well. because yeah. I've just done a Carl Pilkington. I've gone like, oh, I've got friends, don't need any more. Like <laughs> my quote is filled, tick the box, done.
1: I'm like that as well. Like um, when I have no friends, I'm very social. I'll go out and meet people and it's like, kind of automatic yeah as soon as i've got my little girlfriend everybody else don't
0: care <laughs> my friends yeah you, you lock yourself off by accident yeah just from being
1: is it just like a family thing I, I don't know it might
0: be from where you're raised yeah it's an interesting topic to dive into in terms of how you actually think of friendship depending on like how you grew up
1: that's true
0: yeah and can get i can get very deep I can get very deep but um i suppose back on the topic of career searching one of the things we wanted to talk about is the allure of entrepreneurship versus a career when you first start the gate yeah um now I was in marketing for three or four years before I started Shogun and I don't think I'd be able to start Shogun without that time not that I enjoyed all of the time I was actually in work because there is this calling for some people or this like I shouldn't be here type thing and that makes no sense when everyone else is fine being at work um but yeah, there's something about it that does push you towards it. And there's plenty of people that have made stuff right out of uni and everything like that. So it's not impossible. But I mean, yeah. It's like I mean, when what you, do you first think?
1: leave uni, everybody's getting all these really professional amazing big style looking jobs. And when yeah. you when you just scroll on LinkedIn, you just see all your mates from you like, oh, congratulations to the incoming whatever group of this year at whatever bank or whatever big corporation is. And you're mm. like, oh my God, this person's doing so well. And then you see all these adverts for their jobs for out of uni or graduate jobs. You're like, let me apply because this looks like, they also look, will look so professional on my LinkedIn or my CV. Yeah. And it's like big money attached to it. And you're like, whoa, let's do this. Let's become this big career girl. Um, and then you get there and, ew, <laughs> you don't like any of
0: it. Yeah, the longest show of it. Ew.
1: No, and then you are there from like 9am to 5pm when really it's 7 to 7 because of course it is. Yeah. Um, and then you think, I probably should have started that, um, that business I really wanted to start. Yeah. And what was lucky with you was COVID.
0: Yeah, COVID birthed our business because two things came about from it.
1: Once that sort of, um, you got to chat to your workmates every day went away because of COVID and you were stuck in the room yeah. all day, every day. It was it, the work itself that you just had to focus on and do. Mm. You just couldn't do because it was that much, that's, that boring, that, um, is it monotone? Just yeah. thing, every day, everything. Yeah.
0: When you're put in a, I think a lot of people might have experienced this when you had your normal job that was made bearable by the people around you um and you stay that's i think where lo- a lot of loyalty comes from is the people around you yeah. who are making the job fun yeah um but as soon as that's, that was taken away during covid i was like this is the worst like what what do i actually do every day and it's this and now i have to do it from the place i sleep in and like play games in yeah and then um, now it's
1: like the your play, sleep, fun area is now mixed with work that you dread, and yeah, it's just um, Yeah, icky is the
0: word. One of the uh, things
1: that sort of frightened me is starting work and being like, yes, I've made it. I'm a big career person or whatever. And then realizing you hate it. And now you've got no time during the day to start a side hustle mm. because you're working so hard every single day. And you think, when am I gonna get a chance to start a side hustle when I'm working every single day? Yeah. Um, and then you think, do I just quit my job and just jump into the deep end Mm. or, like, save money first and then, like, quit my job or just work yourself to the bone and have, like, four hours sleep every day. And I think that's a little bit of a struggle as well if people don't start and just decide to stick with whatever job they've got.
0: Yeah. I mean, you have to it is kind of like a step phases from, from the way I did it, for instance. So like I met, like I used to work, like you said, like from like seven to seven and like Mm. ridiculous hours in, in, in my job. And then I just had to stop myself and go, right, we now have to cut off at the time I'm actually supposed to finish because we have another goal now. And so there's that first, that mental switch that flips and then working the extra hours to get it to a point where you can, take some kind of leap because mm. it's like work you have to do in the background but yeah like it's that typical you know hustle porn stuff I'm like Oh you gotta sacrifice bro you gotta hustle every day and sacrifice and I'm like ugh it's just but it is a little bit true in terms yeah. of you will have to give up the evenings you will have to like instead of playing FIFA you'll have to you know to crack on working, yeah, yeah you have to crack on with some kind of business plan or like work on your Fiverr account or if this is a service based thing um, but yeah it's it's never an easy thing to do don't get me wrong I've I've slogged it out but uh, I think that's why I kept jumping from job to job for so long because I think it's the the entrepreneurial thing of shiny object syndrome but just mm-hmm. in jobs instead. Yeah. So exactly. it's like this it job com- pays more. Yeah, it, it comes out in a different way. And, the the title yeah. looks different. The people are different. The clients are bigger. For instance, you if you're marketing, the it's
1: like, all oh, this office looks nice. Yeah,
0: and you get you get the vibes Enough immediately, and then you have a honeymoon <laughs> period of about maybe a month, and then you go. Oh, oh same thing. LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes.
0: Yeah, so. Um,
1: I think one another thing that makes people nervous about entrepreneurship is that when you go on Instagram or even TikTok or LinkedIn, mm-hmm. a lot of people start their own stuff and then you're like wow I'm really proud of you Mm. but then you just don't want to end up being like someone from school who's started the MLM (laughs) and (laughs) people are like oh support my small business you don't want to go through that stage no um which I guess can be quite daunting
0: it can yeah um and that i think that's where your marketing approach comes in at yeah. the end of the day but it depends on if you're actually well versed in marketing or not yeah true for someone who was in marketing that was trying to start a marketing business it was a simple one plus one equals two thing mm. but uh, for everyone else let's say if you're trying to start an econ business in something that might have been a passion before but now you're like trying to transition it into something else um i think the easiest way to actually market yourself in the beginning is extreme transparency so if, if I was to start, let's say, a business selling camera equipment, um, I am just gonna get on TikTok and be as open and honest as possible and be as nerdy as possible about cameras. I wanna show people how much I love cameras. Mm. I wanna show people that, show people how to use cameras, the different ins and outs of lenses, the lighting, the mm. all the little things that you hear technical-wise like f-stops and white balance and all that stuff. I'm gonna go into all the nuances and help as much as possible. And then maybe, I'll say that I actually do have a store if you're interested in checking it out because then people will trust you so much. Extreme transparency equals um, uh, parasocial connection slash trust. And that is the easiest way for someone who doesn't know how to market themselves to market themselves.
1: The funny thing is when you say transparency, I thought of something completely different. Where did you go? I thought of... Um, be be transparent about exactly what you do and be like, oh my God, I'm a small business. I sell cameras, check out my page. And that's what a lot of businesses do straight away, trying to yeah, be like-
0: But that's jumping straight down someone's neck in a yeah, cell.
1: Which I think a lot of people do wrong instead of actually yeah. showing them the passion first and be like, oh, there's a store by the way, but this is really cool.
0: Yeah. you Because know? that is how every single YouTuber and creator does things. Yeah, They'll make thousands of videos and then go match just dropped on so video one 150. Be- and they're like, Would you then have to be
1: a content creator to start a business?
0: Everyone needs to think like a content creator. Yes. Okay. Because it's the easiest way to think about marketing if you don't have any marketing experience because there's like many nuances and you can do full multi-level plans where you're doing cross-channel promotions and you're doing integrated campaigns across all of those actual Things and it can get so overly complicated and it's so hard to execute by yourself. Yeah. You're much better off focusing on one or two channels and absolutely smashing them yeah. um, with an approach that feels native to the platform you've chosen. Mm. So, this is why on TikTok, you're just helping people as much as possible, being funny, jumping on trends that will help elevate your account. And it's going to be something that is, I've got a far better reach than if you try to start on Facebook, for instance. That's true. Yeah. God forbid trying to start on Facebook without a budget. It, Mark. Difficult, yeah. <laughs> I, um, hate you. <laughs> Uh, Ryanair
1: comes to mind with TikTok
0: oh Ryanair's account is run by utter geniuses (laughs) all they do is put a
1: face on the plane yeah if anyone hasn't
0: yeah if anyone hasn't seen it there's a filter on TikTok where it just puts your eyes and your mouth on any object basically it could be used for ulterior motives but luckily it doesn't get past the filters Um, (laughs) but they just put it on on planes and run with trends on audio and if you don't understand TikTok you won't really understand a word of what I've just said but um, if anyone doesn't have it get it immediately what are you doing but yeah Ryanair's account is an amazing amazing example of why brands should just stop being so corporate corporate yeah like I can think of very few examples that need to stay corporate maybe banks
1: oh, yeah, I don't think so mm. look at the, look at new banks for example new banks, banks are, are slightly Monser different Monza and Starling Bank are crushing it. They are beating legacy banks by like, it's really, really funny how it's happening. And they haven't stuck to any of the old, like corporate stereotypes at all. And yeah. I feel like corporate, no, yeah. Old legacy banks are gonna die out if they don't shape up.
0: Yeah. We're just gonna pause the episode for two seconds. Uh, right, I need to grab that screen, I'm really sorry. No, no worries mate. <laughs> oh, okay. I told you it would be an easy conversation. We've just forgotten the board now. I feel like we're done, though.
1: We've done everything. We've said everything.
0: Yeah, I'm just going to keep talking about TikTok now. Oh, Bit. What? Huh. She. Oh,
1: my goodness. Jeez.
0: What? Um, what?
1: They've turned it off. It seems to be calm now
0: though.
1: Why did it? Fuck that. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Fuck that one light in particular. There's an exact Oh, that's all right plenty of light um, in here <laughs>
1: let's not die yes
0: Had, I thought the bulb popped when it carried on lighting that was yeah, impressive it, was literally like, it, it sounded like it broke and then it just started working it might have it been the raw filament which is not what we want that's how you start fire as kids yeah anywho
1: what do you want us to talk about next
0: what have we not dived into the most in here how long? How far are we through by the way mate? you can stop it here if you want. We'll just do. We'll talk about it a little bit more and then and stop it off. Okay, sure. What's this book about, by the way? We'll talk about
1: that. How to enjoy your life and job. So there oh. you go. Okay.
0: Yeah. And we're back in the room. Okay. After a whole host of tenequeras, a light bulb going pop, and uh, a screen being removed, we're back. So, you know these these things happen in, in, in real shows. This is the streets, mate. Behind the scenes. <laughs> um, so, after a brief pause, we decided to talk about the book we've actually put in the middle of the table, um, which is How to Enjoy Your Life and Work at Once, <clears throat> which could be a tough balance for a lot of people because right now I've accidentally made my life work. So it-
1: I think that happens when you're an entrepreneur, you have to work as as long as you can to make your dream come true. Mm. Um, but for other people, I guess, you do have to find a work-life balance, especially when the people trying to get you to work don't care about anything else that you do outside of work. Um, I used to work as a fundraiser for St. John Ambulance. And at the time you had to work from sort of midday to the evening to like 10 p.m Mm. and because you end up going to sleep at like one you were literally just up the next day to work so there was no work-life balance you lived at the house that you worked at and then you just went to work straight away and that for me was hell because it was you kind of had to meet your quotas which is hard to do in Mm. itself and then just go back, go back to work. Um, Who would have thought such important. strict
0: pressures for a, a good cause? Yeah. yeah. Carry on, sorry.
1: Uh, I think it's important then to find a work-life balance to, to be like, no, this is when I'm going home and I've got things set at home and yeah. to find hobbies and stuff.
0: Right, well, we're going to do this again. I saw a TikTok the other day <laughs> that, that really hit me. And it was one that was just like, bro, how do you not have any hobbies? Like I have two hobbies I like it on accident. Me out. <laughs> uh, like if, if you don't have any hobbies, you are boring. You are an NPC. And for those who aren't gamers, non-playable characters, uh, they're character. they're the people that just kind of stand around being not yes. real. And I was like, I am not part of the matrix. How He's dare you, random man character. on a TikTok? Rude. Hobbies. <laughs> so and that 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 got me, and I was like, wow, I need a hobby. And I was like, can my hobby be building businesses? I'm not sure that counts. So
1: what I actually do to try to get a little bit of alone, not alone time, a little bit of me time, that's like not work, is I schedule everything into my calendar. Yes. And I feel like, have you used Asana before? Yeah, of course. And I feel like with something like Asana, where you get to schedule everything or like write a to-do list and have a little and a little goal and that. Once you can sort of schedule everything in, then you have time. It seems like you have time for everything. It kind of opens up time and gives you that Mm. permission to scroll on TikTok or permission to do whatever it is that you want to do and find happiness from that. And that's why I really like to journal and I like to um, plan everything and just put like, oh, I've done this for today and these are my habits. And that just because it helps me find that balance and make sure I'm not working all the time and whatever job it is isn't taking yeah. advantage of
0: me. 100% This video is sponsored by... Novali. No, no. uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. So, like, if you're comfortable talking about it, your, your business concept, you're writing the business plan for it as we speak. And a lot of people aren't comfortable talking about the business when no, they're in such no. early stages. No. Um, yeah. But I really like what it's about and it's going to be centre around journals and maybe things towards the entrepreneurial side of things. So, yeah. um, go on, the floor is yours. I'll let you I talk just kind about of that. spoke
1: about it, but yeah, just more entrepreneurs and how they can work and do the best they can they can do in whatever their work is, whatever their flexibility remote job is, um, while also finding a balance with their hobbies mm. and make sure they can actually find hobbies so they don't end up like us, <laughs> hobbyless. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, that's what Naverly is about and it's really exciting so far, but for me right now, I'm finding it difficult, um, trying not to become like every other business that you see on Instagram. Um, one of the things I find really funny is that once you like are business searching or like doing some sort of market research, everything that you're researching then comes in ads to you. Mm. So then you see every other business doing exactly the same thing you're doing and then you feel, oh... <laughs> I'm not that unique after all
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I mean that's what that's what the research is about yeah. right um, but yeah I, I do get you mean like by no stretch of the imagination is Shogun an original idea Yeah, there's um, no original we, ideas. we work on a unique philosophy like I think I mentioned this in the last episode but yeah it's like we're not reinventing the wheel mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't need to sometimes yeah. you just need to hit just the right amount of convenience at the right market at the right time and uh, tough and to think- do but and I think that's why if you
1: have a business idea and you think that everybody's doing the same business idea, just do it anyway. Because yeah. the market may have them, but the market doesn't have you.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the end of the day, think about how many of the same thing there are in everyday life. So how many grocery stores are there? How many different variations of the pound chop are there? And, yeah. like, and that's just talking in like standard brick and mortar stuff, but how many different people sell these kind of mics? How many that's people sell true, these yeah. tables? Like there's room for anyone in anything. Um, It's only sometimes harder when you're, if you try and jump on, let's say like a a trend for instance. So when, when like single product drop shipping was at its highest, trying to jump on that, but also trying to sell the same product. So if anyone's seen the turn inside out octopus,
1: that's still going strong though
0: yeah but everyone immediately went out and made a drop install store for oh, it oh yeah yeah, true. and it's like uh, the terrible delivery times they're probably on amazon and then when, yeah. yeah when
1: amazon comes into play as well like the delivery it's just it it just doesn't match it's unbeatable. when i can because like i have prime so i can order something this morning and it will arrive this evening versus a small business or a startup who has like maybe two to three days because of royal mail yeah that you can't compete with that. Yeah,
0: and the only way to compete with that is via your marketing and how your customers respond to you. If your customers like you enough that they are willing to wait for whatever this mm. is. If there's some extra nuance of quality, if there's some extra nuance of, oh, I actually like that person making it, yeah. um, that really works in your favor. E- that's why e-commerce businesses and TikTok have been doing so well, because they are honestly showing the processes, especially those who are running fashion brands, for instance. Yeah, like, they
1: get to know the person behind it and then it's yeah. not just another Amazon store.
0: Yeah, they show you the inspiration behind the designs, how they make the designs, how they package it up. You see them popping in free sweets and stuff you also the ones I like as well which are showing like oh this guy had a return Um, what I did was I got an extra size and because he'd waited a little bit longer I gave him a cap as well and I put that in there like those kind of stories which open up so many doors and it's so simple to make this guy just used his phone just and then just told people what happened it blows my mind that something so simple can just go amiss from so many different Mm -hmm. e-commerce companies and sometimes it's because maybe the systems are now too large to feel human Mm -hmm. Um, but it absolutely can and if you're willing to be in front of camera please do so because parasocial bonding is by no means uh, uh, an invisible thing it's completely real
1: it's completely real yeah And and if you're on the topic of loneliness as well I've met quite a few people on TikTok who've just been like hey who wants to be my friend and I've just chatted to them and i've got a friend on tiktok yeah and it's just get yourself out there you like you'll find something good that comes from it
0: yeah and don't do what i do and gravitate towards podcast and, and pretend you have friends <laughs> <laughs> not sure if anyone else has done this just sit here laughing in a room with your invisible friend oh. <laughs> good one podcast friends
1: <laughs> and you were like watching podcasts and just pretending they're your friends
0: <laughs> you sit there and you start laughing with them yeah true. like there's one i really love called two bears one cave with a couple of comedians tom segura and um uh, bert kreischer and it's so funny mm. the whole time i'm just laughing like i'm actually in the room Maybe cry, might crack a joke or two to myself. No, that, was, that would have been a good one. I was on the <laughs> oh show. Oh
1: that's so funny. Um, <laughs> so, I guess yeah. that's why content creators work so well, especially if you're doing something like a sit down talk with the camera. That's why people gravitate to us so, so well, because they feel like they can relate to you and get to know you. And Yeah. Yeah.
0: Huge absolutely huge I Like it, it's, it blows me away every time the, the just the sheer scope of it and how much I've been influenced by people or mm-hmm. like how much I bought because, because someone, someone
1: else oh my goodness um, taking it back in time to the Zoella days every Shouts girl can sort of say how many things you bought because Zoella said it was nice or because Zoella had it you just went out there and bought it straight away
0: I'll never forgive Zoella after I saw a £40 or £50 advent calendar she made <laughs> what is that <laughs> And
1: people bought it still highway you robbery get, you can get a pound advent calendar like how
0: much are they yeah normally a quid a, a pound
1: and there was like hundreds of girls that when well, i bought a 50 pounds advent calendar as well said it was yeah
0: <laughs> goodness gracious yeah but um there there are nicer examples um but even like i remember seeing that if anyone was around in old youtube the shift between if you had a sponsor like five to ten years ago or like really early days of youtube they'd be like who the hell is this sellout He stopped making content for the people rah, rah. and then basically when the first youtube adpocalypse hit they were just like uh anyone with a sponsor now they were like everyone's just completely run of the mill it's fine and then yeah. people started turning around to be happy about when their favorite creators did get sponsorships like yes yeah. he's made it or she's made it now I get more content from them because they're being supported by real people yeah. and those companies get a positive knock-on effect but only if the, the pairing matches up. There's something we do in Shogun called True Sponsorship Synergy which is very hard to say and I like it um, but when you pair the right brand with the right person together it sounds so okay. simple but it's completely true yeah if you just try and find a big name with big numbers and attach your brand to it nothing's gonna happen i mean and it might think, do i mean maybe Because no, like, if you're at, like a fashion brand that no, would, i was gonna
1: say look at the ads that like cody and noel get that have nothing to do with them
0: well no they somehow
1: make work
0: no actually their sponsors make sense their sponsors really? are SeatGeek because they travel around and they do tours okay their sponsors are nordvpn because everyone's online watching them so it I makes 100 percent sense uh and then honey for online uh, clothes that buying did
1: not, that didn't make sense
0: it does because How? they have merch stores individually and they yeah, sell but no, stuff they
1: never like plug their merch stores on their podcast
0: they do at the end of every episode oh okay you just don't have the attention span to watch <laughs> <at> the end <laughs> yes i do but yeah I, I love that shift and like people will actually gravitate to a brand if you are seen to be supporting the right creators. Mm. So when I talk to brands, I say, you need to find as many small creators as possible and cluster them together for a similar industry. It's just called influencer clusters.
1: But this is how as a small influencer or like a small content creator, you can then make money even if you've got like a small amount of followers. But then we were watching ASDF movie, the 14th one the other day, Mm. and he had an ad in there. And I was like, I was thinking. "Ah, That's
0: the first, I think it's one of the first time he's had an ad in it. It's um, just, it
1: feels so different like I just want to be entertained
0: yeah because for that that's a weird dynamic because yeah. this is a YouTube channel called Tomska for anyone who doesn't know who creates really fun little black and white cartoons and the reason it's weird is because Tomska's been around he's one of the original animators he's been on YouTube he for so
1: long 10 never 10 plus years ads.
0: and that is his mainstay series that gets yeah. the most views and he previously hasn't had ads in it so it's like, why does he now need the financial support? Bernie Sanders come along again, I'm asking for financial support. Um, so th- then it just like raises eyebrows. Yeah. So there's little n- nuances like that. So when brands are communicating with influencers, I need you to watch their content. I need you to understand their audiences and comment sections, because mm. you might need to keep up to date with things like this, because they probably missed a trick. They, they didn't realise that actually, he's never really had many obvious sponsors because yeah. he's always plugged his own merch. And now there's a new one that comes along. It's like, wow, it's Tom's weird. a sellout yeah. now. Um, and it depends on if people haven't actually have responded like that in the comments, but that's where our minds have gone to. We were like,
1: why is he gone And he we may not have
0: gone through that? the bloody effort of actually typing out like a weirdo, but you know, that <laughs> it's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, it's so, so interesting. Mm. And, I suppose back on the subject of enjoying work life balance. Um, Covid hasn't helped with hobbies, has it? In terms no. of actually going out and doing something.
1: No, that's true. Uh, which has I mean,
0: been a pain for both of us.
1: Yeah. I mean I try to form hobbies that I had when I was younger. So if you were a really big reader when you're younger and then you transition from reading to TikTok or to like endlessly scrolling on social media, you just find different ways to dissociate which is fun. But <laughs> by going back to what made you enjoy reading like I started reading Harry Potter because I loved it as a kid Mm. it's giving me a hobby and something to look forward to every day and Mm. um, but in terms of hobbies where you go out and do stuff COVID's been a Real,
0: yeah, it's a bit of a B word, yeah, absolutely yeah, has been. Because I used to love going to martial arts clubs and things like that, and playing basketball, which you can play basketball outside. But Southampton has a surprising lack of, of basketball, basketball courts, courts around, or they've just built some new ones in Hoglands Park, which hopefully you will be able to check out soon. Um, but yeah, it's that's been an interesting dynamic, to to say the least. And hopefully they'll start coming back now, and I'm sure some of them already have in regards to just being able to go out there do something new which is something that a lot of people are going to want to do mm. if they especially are branching out and trying to meet new people but yeah they're yeah. also
1: quite expensive I think um, I was thinking the other day of taking a painting class just something to that's different.
0: a very middle class hobby is it? Oh, that's where my mind went <laughs>
1: okay well it was on Eventbrite so I didn't think it was that big of a deal on video. Eventbrite yeah the future future um and for like for one less it's like 25 quid mm. which I guess is probably normal price for like I, I'm used to uni prices I'm used to like <laughs> four pounds for a society you know
0: uni discount in the real world son.
1: <laughs> oh yeah oh I'm gonna miss that
0: oh yeah that hurts a little bit hurts a little bit
1: am I gonna have to stop paying four prices for uh Spotify
0: Yes, quite possibly. Oh. Although there's sometimes you slip through the net. For instance, Amazon gave me student prime. Have you seen? It oh, gave wow. me it for like 49 P, 49 P. I was, was floored, it. Love it. loved it. And I was like, yeah, I'm a student. <laughs> I'm learning all the time. <laughs> <Love it>.
1: um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just hobbies are really expensive as well. So if you don't have the money for hobbies, I guess you just sat at home and watching telly. Or- doing what's it call like yoga in your living room or something
0: yeah i'm just so averse to doing things in the house now yeah like, i don't want to have to do a home workout i don't want to have to do oh, yoga those, in those a house those
1: annoys me doing the um pandemic oh, home workout oh
0: don't I wanna have to it. download this new app and then do this new thing no and it's too hot and i can't be dealing with it um but speaking i'm not exactly the world's biggest advocate for exercise so there you go
1: speaking of the weather
0: <laughs> hey how's the weather over there
1: oh that's yes, so sorry it's just because you said it was hot and it's just really annoyed me the sky is disgusting today
0: but it's muggy i
1: know and it's like humid <laughs>
0: humid and it's really hot in here which yeah might be my prompt to wrap up the show everyone because it's absolutely boiling in here and we talked a fair bit about god knows what and yeah. I think uh, I like these more free-flowing talks. I think they're they're more fun to listen to. So um, if you enjoyed, let me know. Drop a comment down below, wherever you see it, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. It's going to be everywhere. Um, and if you have any questions about some of the stuff we talked about, like the influencer marketing stuff, uh, if you ever need anything for both of us, just DM us on wherever the hell you find it. Uh, and we can go from there. But for now... That's the show. Esther, thank you for coming down. It's been much appreciated. It's been a pleasure. It's been great to Nata, yeah. And we'll see you all again soon.